Shafee. Shafee, are you there? Your middle name is what? My my middle names are unfolding organic. Oh, 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 wow. Yeah. I I, I always wondered what that to... Edmund Schaefer, unfolding organically. Here we come. Here comes one magical hour coming at you on this uh, day after winter solstice, was winter, sorry, summer solstice, <laughs> definitely not winter. <laughs> uh, it's definitely the summer solstice, very hot here in the hill country surrounding Austin, Texas, and in fact in Austin, Texas itself. Day after the summer solstice, which that should mean that it's getting cooler, right? Shouldn't it be just a little bit cooler today than yesterday? No, I don't think so. I think that the hottest is still yet to come here in Austin, Texas. It's, it's, it's on the way. Uh, and uh, I know you're uh, out there commiserating with me. And I know uh, I know someone else who can commiserate with me. He has mandibles like the Predator. Uh, he's the pride of Tarzana, California. He's a Montserrat mistaker. And his name is Matthew Rampey. Love is like a cast, baby, come on, shake your ass. Living in a house with a talking bass. Sounding like a tramp, like an audio vamp. Demolition, listen, can I be your man? Razzle and a dazzle and a check the record light. Podcast co-host, can you go all night? Sometime, anytime, downloading spree. Little buddy Shafee, are you hearing me? Yeah. <laughs> I guess this is pour your podcast on me in the name of love. I love it. I might, I might go with this the next time I do karaoke. <laughs> yeah, uh, that is always a crowd pleaser. Let me tell you, that is a uh, yeah. That is one of the very special songs that came from the you know late eighties. Blood red, yeah, hair rock, uh, time. That's so. Shafee, like, did you tell him? Did Did you tell him what episode number it is? One hundred and one. Episode one hundred and one. Welcome to one hundred and one. I'm sorry, I cut you off. You were, you were waxing philosophically about Def Leppard. Oh yeah, I was. <laughs> no, you. Yeah, you. You're probably good that you stopped me because uh, once I got going, you might. <laughs> You might not have ever slowed that train down. Uh, this could have turned into a, a hair metal themed podcast, and it's not. Episode one hundred one, which one hundred one, one hundred one KLOL in Houston, Texas, is where you would have heard, where you would have tuned in to hear. Uh, actually, no, maybe that's the classic rock station in Houston. Anyway, uh, it was a rock station. You might have. They've definitely played some Def Leppard in their day. 101 KLOL. If it's don't think it exists anymore. So sorry to hear it. When I see 101, my mind goes right to Dalmatians. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. I just want everybody to know that I'm the Cruella of this cast. <laughs> and you, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, maybe. Well, let maybe. me. Let me. I, I have, Am I the Cruella of this cast? <laughs> I have a few interview questions for you, Cruella. How do you think? Corella, how do you think that the uh, rehabilitation of your image is going by the uh, Disney company? How's that treating you? 
Um, I haven't actually seen the dailies, um, but I'm sure it's going to be great. Um, yeah, I, I definitely could use some image rehab after I tried to kill all those dogs for a coat. <laughs> you know, you were cold, Cruella. She wanted a, uh, you know, she wanted a coat, and Dalmatians do have it, lovely. Would you lovely say it was the winter? It, it was the winter that was cruel, not Cruella. I think it's a cruel, cruel summer that has just begun. <laughs> right? I have no doubt about it. Yeah, looking at that's what I think. When I think of one on one, I think of uh, temperatures in Austin, Texas, in the summertime. However, it has not quite hit three digits yet. But it's been very humid here, which, you know, they say it's not the heat, it's the stupidity. Uh, is how that one, uh, how that one goes, I think. Um, Just making a note here to be sure to do a Bananarama parody ASAP. <laughs> stacking them up. Stacking up the backups. Um, hey, Shafee, how you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, yeah, just having a, yeah, for, even though it's a hot summer, it's shaping up to be a fun summer. Lots of, uh, lots of neat things going on. Kids down by the pool, all that stuff. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's fun to go out and be with people and listen to live music. I went to a jazz listening room. What? Monks. Who did yeah, you do? I went to a jazz like who did you do that with? Easy listening room. Um, I went with my friend Matt Shook, and it's his brother Colin Shook who is uh, running the joint. It's his it's his baby. It's his project. It's in a like a warehouse space between Fifth and Sixth on Perdinalis. Wow! And it's like it's not really a bar because it's like I think you have to have a ticket. You have to have a ticket and you like get a ticket for a set. And so we went and listened to um, some very young, very white jazz musicians um, that were very good. Uh, and it was like the it was a total listening room vibe where it was like, be quiet, listen. That was fun. Saw the uh, I don't know if I mentioned this here, but it did see the. um Sea Shanty Band. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm embarrassed because I'm embarrassed because I don't I remember what they're called. That was is it Lindsey Graham? In the last couple of weeks, <laughs> I don't think it's Lindsey Graham. Daniel Lindsey, uh, isn't that uh, Gary Lindsey? Isn't that Gary Lindsey? Gary Lindsey and the Pleasure Tide. A, a horrific uh, congressman or senator. Right? Oh, gotcha. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, you know, anyway, just have been around town to a few different places, just in search of going to places where there are a bunch of people having fun. And I found it a couple times in the last few weeks. So it's a, it's a, it's a real post pandemic dream come true. Gary Lindsay and the pleasure. Time. Over, but we got a high, we got a high vaccine rate here in Austin, Texas. Woo. And it is so much Gary fun. Lindsay, yeah, that that was that stuff was really really good. And then, man, I was thinking about the hair metal because I went to this bar the other night where they have um, like a DJ booth, but the girl was just playing rock records. 
And I thought that was pretty fun. But just Eddie's, hair, metal, rock. They, yeah. Any standouts? Or did you say? You know what what's your... good? Is rat. <laughs> I like rat, yeah. You know, I, I, I'm a... I'm a groove kind of guy, you know, I'm like not really into like guitar solos and like the metalness of anything, but it struck me that some of those rat songs were really melodic. They are melodic. Yeah. He has, like rat, rat, rat sounded very different, you know? He has that great high voice and yeah, there's but also, but I love Def Leppard too, you know, like when I think of that time period, if there's one band that I actually like, like liked of like a hair metal genre, genre, uh, Def Leppard. Yeah. I like Def Leppard too, but I liked all of them. I was all in on the hair rock. Yeah. yeah you, you were, you were in on that. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I, had, I feel like that was like not right in my wheelhouse, but I had some older kids who introduced me to, the Scorpions at an early age, and uh, I rocked a lot of that. Um, and then, yeah, just particularly for uh, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, that was that was my thing. You know, and actually, you know, I knew a lot about it. I read all the magazines, and then because from studying up on that, then I started to learn about like I learned about the Ramones very early. Like I remember showing up with like. <laughs> On the eighth grade bus. I mean, I, I was. I had, Ramon, you know. Ramones is not in the same uh, algorithm as these other bands that we were just talking about. Yeah, no, of course not. You know, I'm saying, yeah. but because right, I was right. reading about these bands, then I found that. So the, uh, ah, then I found out about these other ones. So then you know, then I started to yeah get into they. You know, they were just a gateway to me because you know the the hair rock magazines would make references to older stuff. And then I would go back and find it and be like, Oh, this is, you know, this was influenced by the clash. This was that. And so even though like that, you know, even though that was not considered the best music, it then, I, you know, by reading and learning the history, I picked up on some music that is actually very great music. And that kind of, you know, uh, guided, guided me. Uh, in my hunt. It's kind of like here on the podcast where me, we make reference to things that happened previously in the podcast and people have to go back in the archives and <laughs> to uh, go back and learn like that. like learn about today's drop from <laughs> which like, I think like the drop like your drop from today. My right my drop was from You know you've really made You know you've I, really made it as an artist when you're sampling yourself. I think well, I think it makes sense to play a drop from one on episode 101, you know. Kind of coming back in a circle, oh, oh, but also, you know, we've whoa. we've been in our own personal quest to, or we assigned the one magical nation with a quest to find the worst episode, and uh, I'm pretty sure that that number one is probably the worst episode. It's probably just um, like number one is probably the worst. Number two is probably second worst. That probably goes goes all the way up to about episode ten. And then maybe there starts to be some variation Except there. seven was kind of a jewel, right? <laughs> maybe. Seven I don't know. Was... I don't know. Is seven better than eight? Uh... I'm not sure. I haven't gone back mm. and compared seven and eight back to back to really make that decision. 
<laughs> did you go and listen to one? I did. I listened to well, I listened to about half of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I put it on. I just yeah. put it on while I was opening up the bar. So, you know, I was, you know, cutting limes and stuff and just just listen to a lot of it made me laugh a lot, but not necessarily for the reasons that we would want to make people right. laugh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I say, I went back and listened to 35, which was the first time that we talked to Alex on the program. Uh-huh. And, um, I, I, I was enjoying it quite a lot, but I, I see how things have evolved since then. Yeah. You know? Oh, definitely. And very it's very exciting to, um, to be able to note that. Yeah, for sure. I I, I want to just um, hide all the rest of the podcast and go from here. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll leave it. We'll leave it up. Somebody wants to catch up. Oh, uh, we would. We would be. Obviously, like I say, we'll be, we'll be making references to it. We would be hiding away a lot of I, great little moments. Geez, I, I always want to play scorched earth with the past a lot of, you know a lot of fun I'm a real stuff. slash i'm a real slash and burn guy when it comes <laughs> to uh when it comes to nostalgia i'm just like let's just let's pretend like that didn't happen you know what i mean but you know what you know what i do like about the past is like when i just learn about something new from the past I yeah. wish we had a segment that would. Um, I wish we had a segment that would help us with that. Well, you know, I feel like we have, you know, had segments like that, but we've never really formalized it, have we? So uh, I, I, I was thinking that we could formalize it. We'd just, like to announce new segment, segment you've heard before, but never has really had a name. Uh, segment, uh, very excited to introduce, Wikipedia history lesson. Wikipedia history lesson. Oh yes, we have had this segment. We just hadn't titled it. <laughs> we haven't. <laughs> and it's it's something that a lot of people actually. There was an early podcast called uh called Surprisingly Awesome that was just two guys being like, you know, what's actually way cooler than you thought it was broccoli, or you know, what's actually way cooler. They did a good good episode on the band. Uh, uh, Chumbawamba, <laughs> you oh, know, yeah. I get knocked down, but I get up again. So sure. You're never going to keep me down. Did you know that they're actually, do you remember that band Crass, Manish had all their records, the, the working class punk, like really hardcore punk band. Did you ever play any of those records with Manish? Um, no, like, but I, I, I know their songs, them, are, but I don't recall them. Their songs sonically. are like, Shaved women collaborators, stuff like that. Like, do they owe us a living? Course they do, of course they really, uh, really hardcore working class British, uh, punk rock. Well, did you did you know that okay. they they became Chumbawamba? <laughs> oh, I did not. <laughs> Chumbawamba did not. is wow. actually crass, they were messing around in the studio. They did that song as a joke, kind of just to show that they could like, like what's like, you know, could we make one of these terrible EDM songs that would be a banger at the club? Turns out they could, uh, and they made a lot of money on it, you know, and they were able to. I think that's, I think that's <laughs> unfair to EDM to call that an EDM song. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a pop song. It's a pure pop yeah. song. All right. Well, yeah. It's in the category of platitudes. Euro pop song. Um, sorry. Sorry to uh, 
Sorry to besmirch the blessed altar of EDM. <laughs> Everybody's always pooping on EDM. <laughs> I like EDM, which I which which I just call electronica. By the way, so EDM has just, has just to clarify those has produced things like the like the Scandinavian electronica version of Cotton Eye Joe, which uh, <laughs> is right. Okay, which is just still awesome. <laughs> but, sure. You know, just like and just like country music gives you both Tim McGraw and Hank Williams, you know, you're not like mm. and then people find right. themselves constantly having to defend country music from the naysayers. But uh <laughs> Right. Right. <laughs> not that is anybody this the, is is this the history lesson? No. Is this oh, not at all. Oh, okay. Yeah, actually Sorry. I made reference to yeah, the other that other podcast did a thing on Chumble. It was very interesting. Uh, yeah, called uh, Surprisingly Awesome was the name of that podcast. If you want to go listen to that. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, we were sitting at the bar the other day, and Chuck, the bartender, said, what was the last time you saw... Um, when was the last time you saw The Lost Boys? And I said, you know, it's been a while. And he said, do you remember the saxophone player? And I said, yes, I do, you know, and, and I couldn't remember exactly, but I was like, I think that he was some, he was actually kind of a, kind of a big name in his own right. I was like, I couldn't remember exactly, but he comes out, if you don't remember, do you remember Matthew? I, I don't. The, you know, the, in the Lost Boys, there's a vampire rock band and they perform, they're performing at a club and this saxophone, their saxophonist has like black leather on and like a, I don't know, he's wearing like a, <laughs> I don't know, a cod piece on the outside or something. And, uh, and no shirt. He's got long hair. He's got like leather spikes on a, on a thing around, uh, you know, on bracelets or whatever, whatever you call those things. Uh, and, and he's completely covered in oil and, <laughs> and he's gyrating furiously. And, you know, and I did definitely remember this guy. He'd make a big impression on anybody uh, who saw it. But but I was like, I'm pretty sure there's more to that guy's story. So we looked it up on the Wikipedia. And yeah. uh, his name is Tim Capello, born May, May 3rd, 1955. Uh, primarily known for his work supporting Tina Turner in the 80s and 90s but also for his performance in the vampire film, The Lost Boys. He is notable for his muscular physique, his sexually provocative movements during his performance, and his tendency to perform shirtless with his skin oiled and his hair in a ponytail. <laughs> so, All great things to hear about your own Wikipedia article. Yeah. So, uh, So he was actually, yeah, he was born into like musical royalty. Like his father conducted symphony, his Sicilian father conduct, conducted symphonies, and his his mom was a like t taught music. Oh. Um, so he they, just they must be so proud of him. <laughs> and so he's like a carefully and classically trained jazz saxophonist. So he, he played on like all of uh, <laughs> all of Peter Gabriel's records. Uh, he toured with Tina Turner. He toured with Carly Simon, and apparently they had a shtick 
where Carly would lead him on stage on a dog leash. <laughs> and, oh. uh, wow. From, I, li- I, like the, I like the wording of this. From 1981 to 1982, which is, is for a very brief period of time, indeed. Long uh, run, yeah. Capello wow. fronted his own pop band in New York City called The Kendalls, uh, a band that uh, included J.P. Thunderbolt Patterson, who I don't know, but, uh, and some other people. Uh, but he 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 further cultivated his sexual stage presence with the Ken Dolls, performing in a style he dubbed porn pop, and uh, often performing in a G string. <laughs> so. Oh, okay. Let me just be clear: Does this guy have his own wiki page, or is this all from the Lost Boys page? No, this is his own. This is Tim Capello's wiki page. This is his page. page. Tim Capello. Okay. And when you said that he, his history was backing up Tina Turner, you had just described him, uh, it oiled up. And I thought you just meant he was like a backup dancer for Tina Turner. No, he was a, <laughs> he's a saxophone player. <laughs> I, I got to, and I, apparently there were two like things that he was performing, right? You know, he was he was like an erotic dancer, performer, and a classically trained saxophonist, right? Yeah. Yes. That's what you call multi-talented, by the way, or the whole package. I think. Uh, I don't know. That might be something different for him. There is a whole. There is definitely a whole package here. Uh, I found some. I found some fan art that somebody uh, somebody drew of this guy, <laughs> and I am I'm definitely going to put that on the on the Facebook page so you can uh, okay okay you can enjoy this okay Tim 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 Capello's fan art if I can remember how to how do I do a screenshot on your Mac it's um. Uh, command shift four command shift four and it'll give you and, and yeah. then it'll in the cursor you'll get a little crosshair target yeah. that's what i was drag looking for. that across the screen i just couldn't yeah. remember the great there she goes I, we I, got I'm, it i'm glad that i'm glad that i was able to call that out correctly <laughs> yeah, i could work would have been would have been, would have been embarrassed as a mac fanboy if i hadn't known about that i i, I learned something new just it's funny how you use these machines all the time and then you always learn some new uh, usability thing. So if you if you double click in your Chrome browser, if you there's the area where the tabs are at the top. Mm-hmm. If you double click, if you double click, if you have a spot where there aren't tabs, if you double click in that area, it will minimize it. Or make it the size of the of the view screen. This is boy, this uh, Wikipedia history lesson really went this off the rails. Didn't it's it? turned into it's a just, just like, great all-purpose lesson about life. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. Important. Here's the Tim Capello. The, the 
the master of popcorn, Tim Capel, the sack guy from the Lost Boys. You know what? I think we should just take that beat right into Yield Workshop. Yield Workshop, baby. Yield Workshop is the place where we discuss words that Schaefer and I, or the both of us, have been using. Words that we've been using. And uh, we just want to double check and make sure we've been using them correctly. So I've been saying Nudnik. Um, yep. And I got. I think I got it from Howard Stern. I think it's a Yiddish word meaning um, – I think ne'er-do-well is, is, is something that could kind of um, stand in for Nudnik. Um yeah, you. So, uh, no, I th- I think I th- I think it's I think it's kind of like a no good Nick, but but I could you, be wrong. You uh, you said it on the podcast the other day, and I realized that you know it, it's one of those things where you know you th- you kind of feel like you know what it means, but you've never really uh, bothered to to try to uh, pin it down. Um, and it's you know it's not of course in retrospect. Uh, I should have known that it was Yiddish. You know, it's definitely like, you know, nerd, nudge, all that. Uh, it definitely sounds very Yiddish. Um, but I, you know, I, in my head, like, I thought it was maybe something kind of made up in the 70s or something, you know, uh, which is kind of, so anytime you hear that Nick at the end, of course, that comes from the Russian, uh, you know. Actually, sorry, not from, the, it comes from, the Yiddish, uh, Nick, it, and you know that means mm-hmm. uh, connected with or characterized by being. So that's you know you got your beat Nicks, you got your Peter Nicks, you got your neat Nicks, got your mm-hmm. no good Nicks. <laughs> this mm-hmm. also gives the example of all right Nick, which I've never heard all right Nick before, but I like it all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, so, what's the definition really? The actual uh, definition is what's in the dictionary? A person who is a bore or a nuisance. So with Nick, you know, okay. Nick is connected or characterized by being and nude is boring or boredom. Mm. So you're a you're a boring uh boring person it's also That's sort simple. of it, 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 like it's also like irritating right like it's like a excuse me sorry oh no oh. um well i was using it incorrectly again oh I no i got a new i've got a new elevator pitch um uh, when you say somebody says, "What's your podcast about?" and I say, "Well, it's a podcast about realizing our mistakes." <laughs> no, now, okay, Matthew. Over uh, and over. Google definition <laughs> defines it as pestering, nagging, or irritating person. So uh, a bore in that that's, regard. I mean, that's definitely that's definitely that's kind of a, an, getting uh, closer. A, a, an ir- an irksome person is a nitty. yeah, like you, because they're just like bothering you, you know. Yeah. Right, it's kind of a a generally derogatory term for a person that might be bugging you in your life. Um, Yeah, Nick, I think qualifies. 
Well, I'm glad to get a little more specificity in my life on that one. Because um, I go, I just go around you use incorrectly using many of the one million English words, um, and some in Spanish too. Well, I I enjoyed that yield workshop. I was thinking of a um, a tagline for yield workshop. What's the dictionary say? Or maybe the segment should be called that. What's the dictionary say? What? Uh, yeah. And of course, the dictionary doesn't say anything because it doesn't have a mouth. Right. <laughs> what? Right. Man, you got me there. How is it defined in the dictionary? Shafee, have you ever noticed how foolish I sound when I'm talking about something that I don't really know about here on the podcast? Uh, you know, I never have because uh, that is just not that is not a stone that I would ever cast. <laughs> oh, that, that's how I feel when I'm listening back um, and I start talking about something I don't know about or I, or I have a cursory knowledge about. I'm just like, shut up, mate. You know, just ugh, tough times. Tough times listening back to your own podcast. I uh, do have a topic that um, I do have a topic though that I did research for the podcast. I said I was going to research something, I and I actually did. Waiting with bated breath. Oh, you want to hear about it? It's an extension of our thoughts on art topic. Uh, I believe we were discussing this in 99. If you're an archivist looking for references, uh, we were talking about James Terrell. We had had a discussion and I had mentioned James Terrell. I couldn't think of his name. And then I, um, I, did, I did learn a bit about him. Uh, Terrell was born in... 1943 in California to a Wilburite Quaker tradition. Had you ever heard of the Wilburite Quaker tradition? No. I hadn't either. It's kind of um, pretty severe, almost like the Amish. There's a there's a shunning of technology. And uh, James Sorrell wanted to like use zippers and toaster ovens and things so uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. he kind of uh he kind of escaped that and he he was close to his mother's sister if, if francis hodges and she worked for a fashion magazine in manhattan and so he went to manhattan um he was uh, studying art he he discovered the work of thomas wilfred who uh, i i need to do a little research on him and as to why James Terrell was really um, inspired by him. This was, I thought, very interesting about his life. In 1966, he was arrested by the FBI. He was back in California. He was going to art school. He was arrested by the FBI for teaching young men how to avoid the draft. Oh, wow. Cool. So I always, there's conscientious objector, which I usually think is pretty cool, but to the, that's pretty next level, uh, you know, just classes on campus about how to avoid the draft. Um, it, it was an unjust war, people. Come on. Um, 
spent he spent about a year in prison where it was said that he would provoke the guards so that they would send him to solitary confinement and there in the in the cell he would be fixated on traces of light so what we were discussing his uh skyscapes and yeah i'm looking where he basically you're looking at some of his i'm looking at his work right now and yeah when you put it that way yeah (laughs) he's got a lot of little squares of looking that look out that big sky a little square that looks out yeah and it it really does create an amazing optical illusion you know when you're in them it sort of flattens the sky above you or or you know whatever sort of aperture you're looking out and whatever he's he's done hundreds of them and all over the world you you mentioned that um argentinian museum which is underground um it's like in the side of a mountain that that features a bunch of his work but um we gotta go there man yeah that looks super but we were talking i we were talking about the crater so he's been working on the rodin crater and it's in arizona he he found it on some like mystical sojourn looking for a place to do something like this and he he first leased it in 1974 and then in 1984 he was able to purchase the property through a foundation and he's been uh building this masterpiece i think is what you know it will become to be known um i was talking about the kinetic nature of a of a greek or a roman temple complex and that this this spot is going to have uh, and it's going to be open to the public soon ish um you know if it were a if it were a football game he's on the it's it's third and goal um, <laughs> on the one know. yard line <clears throat> yeah um but apparently in the last few years he's uh 78 now and uh, much of the initial construction was completed in the early 2000s, but progress has slowed and he's been feeling the weight of his mortality and concern that he won't be able to finish. And a few years ago, he got a call from an unlikely character in this story, uh, a one Kanye West. Got a call from Kanye. Kanye wanted to come to the crater and, you know, over the years he's had countless visitors and West wanted to visit and they spent a bunch of time together checking it out. And at the end of the tour, Kanye offered him 10 million just as a patron of the project. Wow. And Terrell was skeptical because he's gotten a lot of offers over the years and not many actual donations. But then Kanye came through with 10 million in cash and this has really pushed it to, to getting into a finishing position. And, um, you know, listen, Kanye has mental health problems and I know he's done a lot of crazy things over the years, but I've always been a fan I think he's an interesting character. I love that he, oh, he definitely came is, in yeah. as the hero in this story. That's really cool, um, yeah. Yeah. 
I think uh, Arizona State University has also helped raise money to finish the project and it's going to become the operating partner and it's going to become a center where you can go and visit and um, not, I guess it's a tourist attraction. It'll be pretty tightly controlled. Um, But the kinetic experiences start with like, as a guest, you will awake before dawn and you will swim to an infinity edge pool where you have to like swim under a thing and come out into another room. And there's this whole kinetic experience of going to different rooms and tunnels and seeing the sky through different apertures and all kinds of elemental things, earth, wind, fire, water. So I'm stoked. I'm definitely going to buy my ticket. Oh, yeah, me too. And my source for this is, uh, again, in the May 2021 Smithsonian. And, you know, when you read a magazine article, uh, you get to that page where they're done with the main part of the article. They've shown you all the pictures and it just says continued on page 86 or something, you know. You go back to the back of the magazine where all the advertisements are. Shafi, I just wanted to, um, of course, the Smithsonian has some real amazing uh, offers on ad, but uh, one of these caught my eye, especially. Um, Let me see. Let me get my video up here so I can show this on the video screen. This is a this is a traditional British summer night shirt. (laughs) and nightcap combo okay uh folks it's like a button-up shirt that comes down below your knees and it comes with a nightcap and there are two it's just pinstriped blue and red well there's blue and gold or blue and red those are the two choices there and um if anybody's looking for uh, gifts for me or Shafi for summer, a summertime gift. <laughs> Just uh, look in the back of the Smithsonian for the t- traditional British summer nightshirt and nightcap. Uh, it is extremely fly. Yeah. Well, you buy two for 120 I wonder, I'm going to get on Zazzle and see if we, if we can make one magical hour in nightshirts. Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> now you're talking. Now that's what the. That's what the universe wants. The one, the one magical universe that is. So I've got some exciting news for you, Matthew. I meant to, I was trying to play myself off with a beat, and then I turned my speaker off. Talk to me, Shafi. Uh, you know, well, I went. I went to our Facebook to uh, post that picture of uh, Tom Capello, and also to. Uh, put up a a picture of the James Trail piece that's on the Rice campus, and yeah, I I saw what you're I saw what you're about to talk about. <laughs> I found uh, I found a response from Ellen Ferguson, our, our karaoke one of a uh, two. Uh, yeah, I I posted us you know karaokeing some prints. Uh, you know, admittedly maybe not our best work, but. Uh, we have a, it has been officially rated by Miss Ferguson, uh, who gave it two avocados, which I think is just about appropriate. <laughs> I think that that's fine. Uh, 
I think she's I think she's being fair and even handed on that. Maybe, film. maybe even a little generous. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> that is right. So thanks so much, Miss Ferguson, for getting back to us. Uh, we love you very much. Thanks, Miss Ferguson. Um, what thanks, else? Miss Ferguson. Business do we have here? Thanks, Choo Choo, for getting at us. Thanks, Andy Bays, uh, for your voicemail. Um, I'm going to play Andy's voicemail, and so it's just I'm trying to figure out how to get it, um, get it off of where it is and onto something else, so I can uh, play. We got a little. A nice, nice uh, bit of feedback from Andy. Uh, yeah, and Andy's uh, Andy has been contributing to the show, and um, we are reviewing his resume and getting back to him. So. We're working his way up. And the... Choo Choo and Andy, definitely not the same person. Wink, wink. Apparently, not um, the same person. I, I'd are... say that Choo Choo has really changed his or her tune tune. Yeah, Choo Choo is downright. Downright supportive of the podcast. I guess that's Choo Choo yeah. was always supportive of the podcast, but uh, it's it's a more encouraging tone. Uh. Well, like like Ellen Choo Choo was probably telling it like it is, um, <laughs> you know, at there at the first, and I reacted poorly and had a rageaholic episode on air, <laughs> quote unquote air. Um, and but that makes for great content. People really enjoy that. People people love it when I just lose my ever loving mind. So it's great. Thank you, Choo Choo, and thank you, Andy. Matthew, how about that guest Ada Lamon? Man, that was uh, 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 illustrious. It was fantastic. I've Shafi, are you gonna run out of uh? Amazing, talented friends for us. We'll see. I was, it. you know, it's really funny. I, I was actually, not. I was thinking about that the other day. We're not going to run out anytime soon. Um, yeah, we're still, Good. Good. we're still backed up through another, uh, another hundred or two hundred episodes. I would say. I mean, if need be, we could meet new people too, right? We could meet new people. Yeah, we could start having people that neither of us know on the show. Whew, man, that'd be crazy. Be really wild, uh, and yeah. also we can just have uh, have Alex Battles and Jameson and Gabby back on again because uh, we need to we we do we need to have Alex back on. I'm there's so missing Alex. So much fun I to have around. Listen, Alex, at all? I know listen, Gabby. Uh, Gabby would love uh, to chat with us some more. I still owe her a, you a, don't late, know that. a latest version of. The song we were working on, but uh, well, maybe but, do uh, that first before you ask her to be on the podcast again. So, I don't know if you remember from 101 the little shtick, uh, Ada and I did briefly about made up bird names. Yeah, uh huh. Uh-huh. I was listening back, yeah, sure, yeah. The, uh, the morning after we recorded, we kept it going. Uh, I texted her and I said, This morning I saw an Alsatian. Pompadour Trilby at the feeder. Uh, I said it was it was female, so no Pompadour, of course. Uh, but it, it did display its brilliant yellow waddle. And uh, Ada said, "That's amazing. I saw a, li- a liver lily creeper in the mulberry, but no spots. So I figured it was a young young one." <laughs> I said, "I said uh, I'm afraid the crusted eye rollers are going to drive off all the milking jays this year." And 
She said, I've worried about that since the popular weed killer has ruined all the baby criers and their purple blooms this year. <laughs> you guys are so cute. Oh my God. <laughs> well, there's one more. That's Wait. a lot of fun. I'm sorry, it's making no, me laugh. Yeah, keep going. No, no, there's no. A, there's, a, there's a Bartholomew's horizontal crane roosting in our bamboo grove at night. Uh, and she said, Oh, did you get a picture? Yeah. I can never see them doing to their matching the exact blackness of night. And of course, the fact that they're always lying down. <laughs> you guys sound like any regular American just pretending to know what somebody's talking about. <laughs> yeah. And just like kind of running with it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I saw that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We need to get uh, one of our artistic listeners to draw a picture of the Bartholomew's horizontal crane <laughs> roosting in the bamboo grove <laughs> perpendicular to all the bamboo. <laughs> Oi. Well, I, Chaffee, I, do you have you, have you, have you gotten any more um, entries in the worst podcast yet contest? Any, anybody, anybody write in about that? I don't think I have. I've had a few kind of random, you know, people, <laughs> people, um, yeah. Uh, people kind of weighing in saying, oh, yeah, I remember there were some early ones that are pretty terrible. That's basically all they said. But nobody who's, you know, the, the deal is you have to call in, you have to leave a voicemail that has to describe a particularly terrible moment from that podcast. So, uh, okay. Yeah. Well, we're going to keep that one going. If in the meantime, I can go back universe. and I can find terrible uh, moments and replay them on here uh, at infinitum. I don't have the intestinal fortitude for that. <laughs> I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I'm a, I'm a snowflake. Do you want? Well, Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to tell everybody that I love them and beg for <laughs> reviews on Apple Podcasts. What, what were you going to say? Uh, do you want to try something that occurred to me in the car today? But um, I don't. It's a, it's a visual gag. So you're going to have to just kind of describe to people what you're seeing on here. Okay. But I was, I was in the car today and I was kind of like, kind of making faces to myself. And I was thinking about how, uh, I was, I was thinking about how everybody's faces are liars. Like they don't show what, you know, who you really are or what, you know, or what's really going on in your head. And I was thinking, because if, uh, if, uh, if my face really showed my my true humanity, it would be like this. <laughs> okay, Shafi has um, he's he's looking furtively from left to right, and he's got his tent teeth kind of clenched in his mouth in kind of a crooked position. Like, ah, see, they're never gonna catch me. See, I'm gonna get out of here. See, it's it's supposed to be a, mis a mischievous smile. A mischievous smile. Oh, oh it looks like uh, you're on speed. <laughs> Something like that. What? So, Matthew, what would your face really look like if it reflected the, the, the person you were exactly? Okay, it's kind of like this. <laughs> Matthew has a very serious and very, very stern look on his face. His, uh, his brow is just a little furled. He's looking askance. And his his mouth is an even line. 
Well, that was. I would just look. I would just look at everybody with like disappointment, and like you're in trouble, you know. Oh, that's. I don't know about. I don't know about the rest of One Magical Nation, but that was super fun for me. (laughs) But a lot of the times I'm like this. Yeah. (laughs) And just grinning like a fool. Sometimes you're like that inside. I think I'm a little bit on the spectrum and I had to do a little bit of learning how to, you know, um, <laughs> make my face right so that people would understand what I was talking about. But you're right. We wear masks. But isn't it great to come to a place like One Magical Hour and just take off your mask and let people know that you, too, use words incorrectly all the time and you're co-hosting a podcast. I mean, that's inspirational. That's true. You keep it a... Uh, take that mask off and just you be you. You're always welcome at One Magical Hour. We love each and every one of you and would love to hear from you via Apple podcast reviews or uh, reviews, even just just telling your neighbor when you're done checking the mail and you happen to bump into uh, your your good buddy, uh, your good buddy, uh, uh, Richard, uh, Richard, uh, Dalrymple, um, tell old Richard to our, uh, go ahead. (laughs) Tell Richard about the podcast and let them know, just, uh, get the, get the marketing done that way. Come to our Facebook page and leave a, an appropriately low avocado review for some of our content. (laughs) For our content. Yeah. Also take a look at some great, great photos. Some work by Jameson Driscoll, all that stuff. Yeah, we're keeping uh, gonna continue to pass it around. We're not gonna we're not gonna stop doing this anytime soon, folks. So put your seatbelt on and, and get ready for the long haul. Uh, things are only gonna get weirder from here. I feel almost certain. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. <laughs> it's been so weird already. All right, uh, listen, everybody. The poor are the choices. The sweet are the wine. Nooses, turning back the clock, regressing back to the dark ages, rubbing sticks and rocks. Hey, those the nooses, progress reverse, blue revolt, we'll protest against the alt-right convert. Every day, every night, put your hands together and say we'll make it right. If love is the ruler and hate is the loser, let the loser disappear. Yeah.